your hour of Thrive Time begins now with your host, Jay Mamie, on the Jay Mamie Talk Show. The Jay Mamie Talk Show. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Jay Mamie Talk Show. And this is your hour of Thrive Time. And I'm excited that you're with us again today. Let me just say thank you for those of you who are listening to the show for the very first time today. I appreciate you taking the time out today and incorporating our hour of Thrive Time as part of your routine today. And I think that you will be quickly addicted to this show. The feedback that we have gotten from others who have just happened to log on to our show, they were the show was recommended by a friend or family, or maybe they caught it online uh, through one of our uh, outlets. And uh, you hopped on the show, they hopped on the show rather, and all of a sudden now they're addicted. And I believe the same will happen for you. And that's a good thing because you can never get enough of content that'll help you thrive, that's for sure. But for those of you that are returning listeners, thank you for making this part of your weekly activity of thrive-minded activities uh, and your empowerment schedule. Because certainly as you continue to plug into these shows that many of you have uh, now given testimony to these shows and these episodes, the content and the speakers uh, have been so instrumental in pre-framing the way that you think about a certain subject to the extent that it, it's for you to reconsider what you have thought about all along. And that's the purpose of this show, my friends. That's the purpose of the content that we put together is to help you understand that that if you're not thriving, if you're just surviving, then there is another level for you to achieve. If you're thriving currently, then there's always a better version of thriving that exists for you. So I thank you that those that are uh, continuing to listen to the show are now spreading the word to your friends and family and, and colleagues and so on, and you're posting it on Facebook and social media. I'm very grateful for that because as a result of that, we have a growing list listenership around the world today. We have actually listening audience, a listening audience that is growing around the world. Aside from our growing audience in the US, I know that we've picked up quite the following the UK and Philippines and Canada due to the listen live feature on my show website, the jmamietalkshow.com. You can listen live and catch the show anywhere around the world when it airs on Sunday mornings. Or certainly what's happening is People are going back to the site and they're checking out the prior episodes at the archive section. And that is allowing for many people around the world to listen to the show, even if they miss it on when it when it first airs on Sunday morning. So that is exciting to, to hear that. And by the way, while you're at the website checking out the archive section of the previous episodes, I'm going to ask you to hop on over to the business directory because there you're going to find some of our supporters that really get behind the show. They believe in what we're doing here to the extent that they're supporting the show and we want to support them back. Uh, by letting everyone know that these fantastic business owners, business owners and entrepreneurs and professionals offer great services and it's worthy of your exploration to see if they can serve your needs in any way of any capacity. And by, by the way, thanks for the feedback and the comments that continue to stream in every day. I'm excited to, to read them daily. They, they're a source of encouragement. And your questions are so key. And we've got a, a really a stockpile of questions. And like this one from Jay Gladstone in Philly. Jay Gladstone in Philly asked a great question regarding an episode we had previously about facing fear. And his question, just to summarize, he gave me a big paragraph. <laughs> so guys, no paragraphs, just one or two lines. But to summarize his question based on our previous episode, his point was, look, when you're facing failure and you can rebound economically, his question was, how do you rebound emotionally? How do you rebound emotionally? Guys, we've all been there. If you, if you are thrive-minded, you know that you can find uh, failure in a way or or get discouraged in a way that 
it, it financially you can recover, but there's still a sting, a sting of failure. I would say to you, my friend Jay Gladstone in Philly, here's how you can recover emotionally. Understand one thing, that the minute that you have rebounded from that activity or that attempt that didn't work out the way you want, then it's no longer considered failure. So don't look at it as failure. Uh, look at it as just another attempt. Look, look at it rather as a lesson, uh, one of those lessons that success teaches you because ultimately if you gave up after you failed, then you would have reason to be discouraged. I think there's discouragement in not, in, in not getting back up and facing the challenge again. But if you get up and face the challenge again, the challenge that didn't go right, then it's not failure. It's just a lesson along the way in the journey of success. Does that make sense? Uh, and that's a great question, uh, Jake Glaston. I appreciate you you're asking for you're asking that question because I know many probably have asked the same question. How do you rebound emotionally? Well, it's all in how you look at it initially will help you rebound quicker. But my thrive-minded friends today, let me tell you, we've got quite the show in store for you today. Our theme is the top five watts to ask. The top five watts. To ask, and you'll see what I mean in a minute. But considering that we're heading into the final stretch of 2020, and I know some of you are like, thank God, right? But we still have some more to go in 2020, so don't give up. Don't throw in the towel yet. But I mentioned that because I started to say in our last episode that my content and programming for the remaining of 2020 will be centered around how you can ensure a successful 2021, regardless of how 2020 may have gone for you so far, okay? Uh, the upcoming episodes... They're going to tackle some of the areas that you need to examine. If you plan on thriving in 2020, we're going to dive into those uh, issues that will help you understand what needs to change in the areas that you want to thrive if you're going to, uh, to do that in 2021. And by the way, this is about thriving in any area of your life, okay? So we're going to spend some time talking about that. Even today, we're going to do that with the help of my guest, uh, none other than former pro NFL fullback, uh, fullback rather with the Dallas Cowboys, a former Shark Tank presenter, and he's an investor recipient. In other words, the Shark Tank panel said yes to him. And now he's the CEO of the incredibly popular ice shaker. That's Chris Gronkowski. He will be with us today. And a little later in the show, our business spotlight, uh, we are welcoming back by popular demand. A lot of you guys love this man. And what's not to love? He's a noted 40-year physician veteran and founder of the highly successful Johnson Medical Associates. Dr. Alfred Johnson will be here to discuss a treatment that I'm very interested in knowing more about. And some of you also had uh, sent me text messages when he was on here a few weeks ago, and he introduced the topic. He's going to be talking about really what has become a medical and a wellness uh, breakthrough um, and that is the hyperbaric oxygen therapy treatment, hyperbaric oxygen therapy treatment. I know you're probably saying, huh? Well, once she dives into it, you're going to realize that is something very interesting, unique, and is helping a lot of people. So buckle up, my friends, because this show is going to be a doozy. I hope you're ready. You know, in my pro professional, in my own personal professional developmental pursuits, uh, I've always taken a no-nonsense approach to asking myself the tough questions. And the truth is that if you're serious about growing as a person, as an athlete, uh, as a student, as a leader, uh, as a parent, as a business owner, and so on, then you have to be aware that you have deficiencies that must be identified. I've got them. You've got them. We all, we all have them. Now, if you don't identify these deficiencies, then you will find yourself limiting your Thrive capacity. 
Does that make sense? So knowing what I call the top five what's to ask, the top five what's to ask become crucial for you in order to identify what you are deficient at. Here's the first ask, uh, rather the first what to ask. Here's the first one. What is working? What is working? What's working? As I examine my life and all its moving parts, you have to look at what's actually working. When you examine your life, it's okay to ask and you should ask and be proud of and be grateful for and be pleased with what's working. Now, I know you might think, well, there's nothing working. No, there's things that are working. So you have to be appreciative of the things that are working because that's going to allow you to, to understand that there are better ways to make other areas work because if there's parts of your life that are working, things are going well, and that's what you want more of, then it's going to give you the fuel to continue to fire on all cylinders when it comes to the other areas of life that need to be improved. So the next thing comes, the much tougher questions to ask. In other words, the much tougher what's to ask. The next is what's not working. So we understand what's working, right? We've got that one down. But here are the tough ones. What's not working? See, when you ask this tough question, you have to be brutally honest. And you can't sugarcoat the answers. Or worse, try to masquerade the ugly truth of them with some lame excuse or layering them with a pity party. I mean, you got to come clean. What's not working in your life? What's not working? And be brutally honest because at the end of the day, the only person that stares back at you in the mirror is you. Isn't that true? Then here's the turning point. What needs to work? What needs to work? Here's an example. I need a better paying job. I need my marriage to work. I need to get better grades. I need to get my life together. I need to make more money. I need to find more joy. I need to do something that's going to produce me more freedom. That's a very important what to ask because it becomes their turning point. It's where, where it, it's where you identify and focus in on, okay, what needs to work? What needs, it needs to work. The next what? The next what to ask is a sobering one. And that is what has to work. What has to, it has to, what has to work. This question, it forces you to realize what has to work and that what has to work is non-negotiable because the consequences of it not are simply too dire. This is the recognition where the rubber has met the road (laughs) and you are out of options and probably just about out of time. You know what this question does? This question extracts from you the focus you need in order to answer the next what, in order to answer the next question and the fifth question, which is what am I going to do about it? I know what needs to work. I know what has to work. But you know what? You can know what needs to work and you can know what has to work. And that's not enough. There's plenty of people that they know what needs to work. They know what has to work. They're going down fast like the Titanic because they won't decide, they won't come to grips that something needs to be done about it, that they have to take action. You know, up until this point, it's all lip service, isn't it? The fifth what, if you're going to identify your deficiencies in order to thrive in 2020 and beyond, the fifth what is? What am I going to do about it? What am I going to do about it? What am I willing to sacrifice? What am I what am I going to do in order to make these things work? This is the action question because it forces you to come to grip with the fact that unless you take massive action, then the three prior what's was just an exercise in futility. 
and the deficiencies that you've identified will still haunt you and handicap your ability to thrive. Guys, I'm excited about the show. It's a doozy. We're off to a great start already. We'll be right back with Chris Konkowski right after the break. Patty Stapanero, Brain Gal. Do you have trouble falling asleep, staying asleep? How about maybe feeling overwhelmed, stress, anxiety, sadness, brain fog? My mom is 83, has suffered with sadness and high stress most of her life. Since taking the micronutrients, she no longer needs sleeping pills or meds. She's never felt better. Go to BrainGal.com. BrainGal.com. Hey, friends. This is Jay Mamie from the Jay Mamie Talk Show, and I'm a big believer and supporter of small businesses. That's why me and my wife, we love our beneficent candles. They make beautiful handmade candles that smell incredible and use safe, high-quality ingredients. You can feel good about their candles because every beneficent purchase supports cancer research. So visit beneficent.com. That's B-E-N-E-F-I-S-C-E-N-T.com to get your favorite candle. Use code J10 for 10% off your order and show support for small business. Hi, everyone. It's me, Mark, from Milestone Plumbing, Air Conditioning, and Electrical. And I'm Madison. Hi. Sorry, why are you here? Just helping to make sure these ads stay focused and on message. Well, today we're talking about my slip and slide competition and how well I did. No, 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 we're not. Yeah, I want to tell them how if their AC unit is old and weak, a slip and slide is a great way to stay cool all summer. No, 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 no. Mark, we need to tell everyone how our complete air conditioner super boost will make their system blow stronger and colder. And it only costs 129 bucks. Right. But it's not as thrilling as an epic slip and slide. Forget the slip and slide. We don't sell slip and slides. Well, maybe we should. I think our $129 complete AC super boost is also thrilling. You will feel the difference in your home. Now that's a great message. Yeah, and with your energy savings, you can easily buy a slip and slide as well. (sighs) Okay, fine. Got an old AC unit? Get Milestone. We're online at callmilestone.com. Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. We are excited about our featured guest today. I mentioned earlier in the warm-up that uh, there's very few people that I can tell you that are so impressive about what they do because they have they start on one trajectory, and then they, they're able to find out the, the watch, right? We're talking about the five watch to ask. Uh, well, these people, they ask those questions. They, they examine themselves through the five watts of, uh, of, of, uh, of identifying deficiencies and that lead to change. And our guest, Chris Gronkowski, did that. He's going to share his story with you. But many of you know that uh, Chris Gronkowski is a former NFL football, fullback uh, for, for Dallas Cowboys and for a couple of teams. But his, his main play has been here with the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, he went on to have a great career there and then had to pivot and had a chance to come up with an idea about a product that he wanted to offer and he'll share that story but that led him to be a presenter on Shark Tank and he was then at that point the recipient of their money <laughs> and that has now caused him to create not only a, a great product uh, the initial product but varying degrees of product from that first one that he started with so the guy is a uber entrepreneur he's a CEO ice shaker and the family man's got kids just a great great guy and down to earth and boy I tell you I, I, I'm excited to have him as a guest today because I've got a feeling he's going to share some great wisdom with our audience so, Chris, I appreciate you being on the show, brother. Hey, Jay, really appreciate that intro. 
Oh, man, you're making me sound good over here. <laughs> hey, man, well-deserved intro, well-deserved intro. So, Chris, before we dive into the meat and potatoes, I'd like to get our listening audience, which, by the way, it's, it's a global listening audience. So NFL, popular here in the States, right? Uh, pretty popular around the country. Um, but there's areas that just they don't, they don't follow NFL. So can you get our listening audience up to speed with a little bit about your story? Yeah, absolutely. So let's see, man, I was the middle of the five Gronkowski brothers. You know, we grew up in Buffalo, New York, and it was just mayhem. I think when you put five oversized boys in a house together, there's going to be a lot of competition. And that's what happened with us. Uh, we all started, well, actually, we didn't all start playing football. We all started playing sports young. Uh, we started playing football in high school and uh, the oldest brother never played. Uh, my dad played college. Uh, he would help us if we wanted to, but it was really always our decision if we wanted to play sports or if we wanted to try to take it to the next level. So uh, the competition just came out in us and, um, uh, Four out of five of us ended up going on to the NFL. Uh, my oldest brother that never played football ended up uh, getting drafted into the minor leagues for baseball. Mm. And um, it, it was uh, it was a dream come true, really, uh, especially for my parents. But a lot of hard work. Uh, and, man, just, just absolutely grinding to, to get everything that we could, um, you know, out of sports. Let me ask you. When you went on to uh, to play football in college, right, obviously if you've got a very competitive household, you – your, your dad also played football. And what was it like growing up in such a competitive environment that taught you lessons that now, as a successful CEO, you appreciate? Man, really everything. My dad and my mom did a, a really, really good job of raising us. And you don't really appreciate it back then. But with later on, when you look back, you, know, you understand why they did it and um, how valuable it was. So both parents, they, they made us earn everything that we had you know we weren't the kids that would walk down the candy aisle at the grocery store and grab whatever we wanted to you know my mom every single time would tell us no and make us put it back mm. uh you know everything we had we had to earn uh you know we had a paper route at, at a very young age i think i was 12 when we started it uh you know i was umpiring at the local baseball field i was working for my dad at age 15 and, and the whole thing was you know if you want a car awesome you know you'll go buy it if you want to go to college please do but you're paying for it or you're going to earn a scholarship. So I think these principles were just, um, you know, instilled in us at this early age. And we didn't know it at the time, but, you know, you just learn and it's ingrained in you and the hard work and, you know, earning what, what you have and, and paying for it feels good. And you start to learn that at a young age and it just carries on for the rest of your life. So what's great about that is nothing is a handout, right? And in my upbringing, it was pretty much the same as many of my listeners know. We, we didn't have, I mean, we grew up in Spanish Harlem. Grew up in a, a barrio, and uh, you don't grow up there because you are living the life, uh, the the life of luxury. You grow up there because it's quite the opposite. So everything we wanted, we had to go to work for, and it's just enough money to go buy the the latest Nike sneakers or the Jordache jeans or that kind of stuff or Adidas. <laughs> <laughs> There's no money. So at 13 years old, me and my brother collecting bottles and cans and trading them in for a nickel so we can get enough money to buy the latest Nikes. Oh, yeah. We did that, too. <laughs> we didn't get Nikes, though, man. Oh, no. Got, uh, <laughs> yeah, pro kids. <laughs> no. And we, didn't, we didn't start with Nikes, but by the time I got the shoes or, or the cleats or the equipment, it was actually passed down from the, my two older brothers. So, you know, the youngest brother, Glenn, uh, you know, the fifth one, he just got screwed, man. Like he, would have, <laughs> he would have the stuff from 10 years earlier. So it was so out of style by that time. I remember he would wear, you know, the hockey equipment that my oldest brother Gordy wore. And um, by the time it got to him, 
you know, he still had like the blue, the blue pants and uh, like the blue helmet, which <laughs> nobody in the league had the blue helmet anymore. <laughs> Completely out of style, man. And, and he would just rock it. The only one on the ice with the with the blue helmet on. Oh man, oh man. I'm, I'm sure he was loving you guys for that. I'm sure that. <laughs> and it was great because everyone would make fun of us, man. But you know, we'd show up on the ice, and it, it just got you know, it made you even more competitive. You know, you want to make fun of my helmet? Cool. You know, in hockey, you could check, you could fight. So. You can talk as much trash as you want, and, and, and you know, when, when you're when you're a pretty big dude, you're going to show up, and you're going to bring the heat. So Right, there's uh, no flags there, right? It's a little you, bit tougher. <laughs> you ding guys, there's no flags there. There's no flags yeah, there. Yeah, you're good. You're <laughs> five, five minutes in the tuddly box. That's all it is. <laughs> so you went on to play at University of Arizona, killed it there, and what's interesting about your story, and really it's, 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 an, it's an example of tenacity, right, persistency, you went undrafted in the 2010 NFL draft after having a great career at the University of Arizona. You were a walk-on, right, but then eventually was signed. So tell us a little bit about that experience, that you are a walk-on on America's team, and you made it. Yeah, man. So, I mean, kind of how do you describe it, but but what you described wrong, I guess, is probably, um, you know, me in college. I definitely didn't think um, – you know, I'd even make it to the next level. I wasn't like this outstanding star, uh, you know, athlete that was going to guarantee make it to the next level. I was actually a guy that was trying to get the best degree that he could mm. uh, because I didn't think I had a chance at the next level. But, you know, when opportunity comes, uh, you know, I, I go all in. And so that's what happened. You know, it was that one shot, one opportunity. I went on drafted. Uh, the good thing that happened was, you know, most guys don't get the pick where they play uh, I did get that chance because I went undrafted I could pick between the 32 teams on which I thought I had the best opportunity to make it my agent did a really good job of scouting for me and thought I had a good chance with the Cowboys so I ended up signing there uh, they had to want to sign me first off so so they did uh, there's a bunch of teams calling because at that point you're kind of like this this free player for them right mm-hmm. uh, when you go undrafted they don't have to pay you a big signing bonus or anything crazy like that so it's kind of like this free player for them so um I ended up signing with the Cowboys, but yeah, that's when it started, man. Uh, I was told right when I got there that an undrafted free agent hadn't make, made it to, um, you know, the Cowboys starting roster in over 10 years. Wow. And, uh, you know, that that's when the mindset set in that you know, I'm going to have to do everything I can you know, to get to that next level. And I, and I knew I was on, you know, a, a really short leash. And I knew that if I made any mistakes, you know, it was kind of a one and done for me. So you know, my mindset going in was this is my only option. And it was set because, my oldest brother Gordy got drafted in the MLB. You know, my my second oldest brother Danny got drafted. Then my younger brother Rob, who came out in the same draft as me, uh, who was two years younger, got drafted in the second round. So uh, when you're put in a position like that, there's so much pressure on you. And I didn't want to be that one guy that everyone said, "Hey, man, you know what happened to you? You know, uh, why why didn't you make it?" And so I had no other option at that point but to go all out and, and do everything I could to make the team. Yeah, and there's nothing like peer pressure. There's nothing like uh, sports pressure. There's, I mean, there's just nothing like that in order to bring the best out of you. And I think it it could also have gone the other way, where if you didn't have that that pressure to to perform, uh, maybe you wouldn't have made the team, right? So a little pressure sometimes is all you need in order to to create something magical. And actually, you're you're a classic example of that. But your yeah, career, yeah. you mentioned that that at, you were hurt, um, and tell us a story about. What happened, uh, Chris, when you found yourself being injured and you started to ask questions about, okay, where, what am I going to do next? 
uh, next rather, and you started to ask the questions about what's working, what's not working, what needs to change, what has to work, what am I going to do about it? All the things I spoke about in my first segment. Walk us through that pivotal moment, please. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, when I entered the league, I, I didn't think it would be something that would last that long. Uh, you know, I was extremely excited to, to make it through one year. And, um, you know, even though I was all in, I always had kind of this backup plan in the back of my mind. So uh, for me, it was actually to, to do taxes. <laughs> I was going to use my accounting degree that I got from uh, the University of Arizona. And I saw a great opportunity, man. I'm always always looking for opportunity and everything. But, uh, you know, players had never filed taxes before, uh, before they entered the league. And I, guys just didn't know what to do. And on top of that, you have to pay in every state that you play in as well something they call the jock tax so uh, I actually I was you know, going to go into that you know I saw the opportunity there because it costs a lot to, to file taxes I was paying a CPA myself a lot of money uh, thousands of dollars to do it for me and uh, my first year and I just said why am I why am I paying anyone I have the, the background in this I should be able to do it myself so I did from that point on and thought it would be a good opportunity to, to help other players as well uh, but that that all changed for me. Um, ended up getting hurt in my second year. Uh, I, I tore my pec. I was out. I had to have surgery. Uh, got traded to to the Broncos at that point, and um, you know it, that was kind of when this this opportunity fell upon me. Uh, I was hurt. I was rehabbing. I was doing all that. But my wife um, actually started her own online business because she was sick of moving and having to find a new job in every city that we went to. So three teams, three years, uh, three different jobs, and she was just sick of it. So. Uh, she started doing that, and um, you know, it, it started to take off. And that's kind of when I saw this opportunity as well to to go into business with her and and see where that would go. So um, it was this little online just just gift shop. She started painting, hand painting wine glasses, and they started to sell. And uh, at that point, I started looking into it more. Saw a really good opportunity in this personalization market that no one was really taking advantage of, and uh, started putting some of my NFL money towards that. So that business. Uh, after my career ended in, in Denver, uh, that off season I was I was unsigned, so I started to put a lot of time in with her, and uh, it really started to take off. And ended up going to the Chargers. I got hurt in camp, and I took a took an injury settlement. And um, at that point, it was hey, you know this this is taking off. It's doing really well. Let's really focus on this. And we were able to grow it really fast and, and scale it. And pretty soon, I was making more money than I was making in the NFL mm. uh, in the first year. So it was it, it was a really it was really lucky because most guys struggle to figure out that next move. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when you leave something that you've done and you've loved for pretty much your whole life, or at least the last 10 to 15 years, uh, it's hard to find a new identity. It's hard to find something that you know you 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 want to be a part of. And and I kind of just fell into it, so I got really lucky on that aspect. Uh, so did that did that for about five years, and um, you know we still have the company today. It's still growing. My wife still runs the company, and. Uh, at that point, I just realized that you know it, it was her passion, and it, as much as I, I, you know, I love the grind and love putting the work in, it just wasn't my passion. So, I thought of idea, I saw another opportunity. Uh, I had, didn't have to do it at all, but it, you know, it was something I was passionate about, and it was working out. And so, I was at the gym and super hot out, and um, I was using the plastic shaker bottles. Mm-hmm. And by the time I got to the gym, it was warm, it smelled awful, and. Uh, I just wanted to make a better bottle that I could use all day, every day. I keep my drink cold, but I could also mix protein shakes in. And uh, that's when the idea hit me. I was like, man, if I can make a bottle for everything and I could go to the gym and work out and call it business, you know, I got to do this. And so when that idea came by, I just had to jump all in on it. But one of the things I want you to share with us after the break here, Chris, is how that started. I mean, you've given us the beginning 
aspects of how Ice Shaker started. But then that itself had its own little learning lesson as you created that business. And, and I think that's also valuable for those that are entrepreneurial minded who have taken a sort of a pivot in their career. They realize, hey, I need to change some things. Um, and they've got a great idea. Uh, I want you to share with us when we come back after the break what that experience has been, what's that, what it's taught you, and what the future holds for you and iShaker uh, when we come back after the break. When's the last time you shopped your auto insurance? My name's Thomas Gartside, and my sister... Diane Fitz. We own a family agency in Frisco, Texas for Goosehead Insurance, and we're able to shop the marketplace for you. With over 25 different carriers to get you the best quality and the best price possible. I just saved somebody over $2,000 and my brother. Just saved someone over $2,400 on just their auto. Let us shop it for you. Call us at 214-935-9625. Eight in 10 companies face harassment and discrimination claims every year. Yours might be one of the two that won't, but the odds aren't great and the stakes are high. I'm Jared Pope, founder and CEO of WorkShield. We're disrupting industry standards with the first solution to manage workplace bad behavior that works for everyone. We remove the fear of retaliation for employees and remove the liability for corporations all at the same time. If you're ready to make positive changes in your workplace, you can call one 866-946-5558 or just go to workshield.com to learn more. The Susan G. Komen Dallas Virtual More Than Pink Walk is your opportunity to walk and fundraise on behalf of those affected by breast cancer. People facing breast cancer need us now more than ever. Don't miss the Komen Dallas Virtual More Than Pink Walk on October 24th. The walk brings together an empowered community of hope to raise funds for breast cancer treatment, patient advocacy, and life-saving research. Join your community and register today for the Susan G. Komen Dallas Virtual More Than Pink Walk at komen-dallas.org. Looking for lakefront land? This is the most exciting lakefront offering in Dallas in decades. Imagine a property close enough to either escape to or commute from. Imagine Dallas's biggest nearby lake and then find out the lot offerings are huge and priced for a one-day sale Saturday, October 3rd. Here's some sample offerings. Three to five acre mini ranches with covered boat slips starting at $79.9 or a large one acre direct dockable lakefront just $119.9. Only about one hour from Dallas, a gated community with underground utilities, water, paved roads, and Dallas's biggest lake in your backyard. Set your calendar for Saturday, October 3rd. But learn more. Take a video tour at 800-706-LAKE.com. Then call 800-706-LAKE for an invitation to visit. Three to five acres and covered boat slips, 79.9. Large dockable lakefront, 119.9. Oh, and ask about the Homestead Ranch. 122 acres with covered boat slip, just 349.9. Yup, 122 acres, under 3,000 per acre. Call or click 800-706-LAKE.com. Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie. We're back at the Jay Mamie Talk Show. We're chatting with Chris Kronkowski about Ice Shaker. He's the CEO of Ice Shaker, former NFL fullback. Uh, he is beginning to really enlighten us on what created in him a passion to do something different. Having had a very successful business that he started with him and his wife, and, and it was going well, but it was a passion to do something different, and he left us in our previous segment, starting to talk about Ice Shaker. So, Chris, why don't you pick it up from there, please? Yeah, so I thought of this idea, and um, yeah, I was so passionate about it. And, you know, I, I thought everyone would absolutely love it, and uh, so, I, so I had to do it. You know, I had to do it, and it, it was hard, man. It, uh, everyone after I did it would say, hey, you know, I thought of that idea myself, and 
I was like, yeah, you know, it, it's easy to think of ideas. It's hard to actually go out and do them and put them in place. So uh, we use some of our connections in my wife's business for getting some prototypes made. And it was probably about 20 prototypes later, I finally had something that I felt like I could sell. Uh, so we, we ordered a bunch of product that came in. And, um, you know, that was a, a huge eye opener for me at that point. Yeah, I've been pretty much successful at everything I'd done up to that point. And um, when these bottles finally arrived, I really had no game plan at all. You know, it was, you know, let's try to throw some social posts up. Uh, you know, and then hopefully they work. And that was kind of all I had planned and, and maybe try to use Amazon as well. And so that first week I threw a couple posts up, really had no response to it at all. Mm. I think I sold maybe a couple bottles and it was like, man, I better figure this out really quick. So at that point too, at the same time, I also had this email from uh, 2012. So it was like five years old at the point uh, from my NFL agent that was asking if uh current or former players had any interest of going on the show uh, ABC Shark Tank. And so I, I absolutely loved the show at the time and um, just had you know nothing that I could present to them. So I saved it and said, one day I'm going to go back to this. So this all kind of went into this plan when I thought of Ice Shaker. So uh, I knew that they were going to film in, in June for the show and, and I launched the product in, in January. So I had this six month window where I was trying to make enough sales to have a proof of concept you know, pitched uh, an email back to, uh, you know, the, the, the Shark Tank um, team to, to see if they still wanted us. And then, um, you know, try to build up enough sales to get on the show and, and get some kind of decent offer. So uh, about three months into it, uh, I was able to get about $25,000 in sales just by grinding, man, just going to shows. Uh, I was able to get my SEO really high on Amazon uh, just by, I guess, teaching myself. I was, I was just looking at other people's listings and I was doing everything that all the top listings did to get there. And I was able to get into the top three, which started really pushing a bunch of bottles on Amazon. And then it was just a ton of word of mouth and, and making pretty much every friend I had buy one uh, <laughs> and, and try the product out. <laughs> and so uh, at that point, I, at three months in, I, I shoot this email back to the, the Shark Tank uh, team. And of course, I get an email back that's like, you know, I, I don't even work there anymore. Uh, I was shocked they even answered because it was literally four years later, maybe five years later. And um, I was lucky enough that the girl that, that you know replied back to me went and actually found the girl that took her spot and, and connected us. So I was wow. able to get an email back from her, and um, they simply just asked for this video. said, if you can make this video for us, uh, we, we'll consider you. And, and so kind of laid out what they wanted to see about the product, about me, the story, all that. And uh, it was kind of back to like my, my undrafted free agent days. It was like, Hey, I got this one shot, this one opportunity. I got to go big on this video. And uh, I did, you know, I, I did. I kind of knew that they were looking for entertainment. So mm -hmm. I made it really entertaining. I threw some football plays in there, be catching touchdowns, uh, put some workout videos. I was ripping my shirt off in it. Uh, <laughs> and I, yeah. Uh, Asked my brother Rob to come on. I'm like, Rob, I got to get you on for a quick lift too. And just threw it all in there and um, sent it over to them and waited. And, and so uh, it was like a week later, uh, I saw that they, they watched the video because uh, you actually you actually uploaded it to YouTube. And I can't find that video anymore because I didn't even know how to use YouTube at the, at the time. I think I used someone else's profile. But uh saw that they watched it and was sat by my phone waiting for a call. Mm. And eventually they called back and they were like, we love it. <laughs> like that was, that was ridiculous, but it was great. It's exactly what we want for the show. And then it was, um, you know, a lot of due diligence, paperwork later, a lot of studying for the show, um, and, and getting prepared. And, and I had an opportunity to go pitch on the show. Wow. 
You know, it's interesting. I'm glad you uh, you shared that you went back and dug up an email from like five years earlier because my wife was always telling me, why do you have all those emails? You should delete them. And I say, nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope, because you never know. You delete it. You're looking for it. That's yeah. right, brother. I delete no emails because <laughs> you well, never I know. Either. I keep paying for a higher plan, man. That's, I'll, I'll, that's okay. I'll do more it. More expensive. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it, man. Just imagine if you had deleted that email. Man. <laughs> Just imagine that. So it's a good thing you didn't do it. I was shocked I could even find it, man, because I didn't even know how to use email when I was playing. <laughs> I mean, it's a huge, huge part of my life now, but I didn't know what I was doing back then. Well, listen, man, it's a good thing you didn't get rid of it, and uh, and you learn how to do the emails and so on and so forth. Because this was uh, this was a a a something that uh, you want to call it divine appointment or or something meant to be. Boy, this is a classic case of that. But walk us through then the experience at Shark Tank, because you know ninety nine point nine percent of people uh, they have, they'll never have the experience. They have no idea about uh, the whole Shark Tank um, experience. They'll never get a chance to be on there, have a product or whatever. Uh, but there is that one percent is probably listening to the show right now that's that's interested in knowing well what happened next. But before you do that, I know that just doing my homework, uh, Chris, I know that the the folks at Shark Tank because they're it's all about marketing, right? They wanted you to go with Gronk Shake, right? The Gronk Shaker, yeah. rather, right? They wanted because uh, I understand yep. why they would want that, sure, name recognition and all. But you said no, um, and I'm going to share that why why you said no, and and you were right. Your gut your gut instincts were right because your sales have skyrocketed since that day. So if you could share that, that would be wonderful. Yeah, man. That was the one question that threw me off. You know, I prepared and prepared and prepared. I had every question memorized for the most part, uh, every answer for every question. And they came out and came at me with that. I mean, that Mr. Wonderful actually asked me how much inventory I had and then said, how much will it cost to, to, you know, to trash it all? I was like, wow, wow. So he came at me pretty hard with that question. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I was shocked because these are supposed to be, you know, so-called experts in marketing. Uh, which just tells you, man, not everyone, ha- you know, even if you're an expert, you don't have every answer. And I don't think they had any experience working with celebrities because uh, when I watched my brother do deals, you know, he would do deals and they would do really, really well in the Northeast or, or with New England fans and everywhere else in the nation, they just wouldn't do what everyone thought they would. They never hit projections and it makes sense. You know, why would a Miami fan buy, you know, a Gronk shaker? Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make sense. They're, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're enemies. And, and so, they threw that question at me. You know, I was shocked a little bit by it, just because I thought they would uh, have some more insight on that. And um, you know, I, I was lucky enough that Mark and Alex actually said that they didn't want me to change the name, uh, or else it would have been kind of it would have been a battle up there. But um, from what I've seen in, in my experience was that you know it'd do well in the Northeast, but no one else would buy it. And, and what I could do, and, and what I had planned already, was to do a limited edition bottle. You know, if someone wanted a Gronk shaker, perfect. You know, let, let's come out with a, a custom edition bottle, a little bit more, put the name on it, and um, that's exactly what we did. And, and it's funny because even though the Sharks said that and people just sat there and blasted me on, on social media after the show for not changing it, uh, you know, at the end of the day, that bottle, first off, isn't even asked for anymore. And second off, you know, it didn't sell as much as we thought it was going to. Mm. So, you know, it, it had it, it had a lot of people asking for it, but – the end of the day it didn't it didn't sell through like we thought it would so that it just proved that i shouldn't have changed the name and, and i'm glad that i didn't i'm glad that you didn't either because your sales are are through the through the roof right now and you've got uh 80 skus on there and you've got a bunch of different things you're doing and it's just going to continue to grow so it's a good thing you st- stuck with your gut instincts uh for sure but what's next because there's always a next for the for an entrepreneur and, and i know you've got big vision you've got big plans 
But what's next for Chris and Ice Shaker? Yeah, man, we're we're always coming up with what's next. Uh, so we have a couple of new products that are coming out. We're always coming out with different limited editions and um, different colorways and stuff like that. We'll have a couple of new products hit in in 2021 as well. And um, yeah, for us, it's it's really we're not even close to saturating the market yet. Uh, so we're we're mm-hmm. trying to do a good job with with just really getting out there and um, and, and spreading the word a little bit more. Uh, you know, Shark Tank is huge. Uh, you know, the family name, my brother posting about it, me posting about it nonstop is it, awesome, but you can never reach everybody. And, and so that's what we realized pretty quickly. So still trying to, um, you know, get, get some more uh, market penetration and um, have been doing a really good job with that lately. And then the other thing we're trying to do is just a lot of really cool partnerships. Uh, we pair up with, with so many different uh, foundations and, and do so many different events that just benefit everybody. So we, we like to partner up with, with stuff like the military. Uh, so we do a lot of military um, either events or, or, or giving back. So we do have um, a program that we've ran pretty much since day one where uh, if you buy a military-themed bottle, we donate one. Mm. Uh, so we've always been doing stuff like that. I know we're doing um, – I'm actually looking through the emails today about uh, another event that we're doing uh, for children's cancer. Wow. Uh, so we'll, we'll do uh, just really cool different designs and logos uh, that we actually can do in-house. And then we help raise money for different causes and um, and bring awareness to different events. So that's one that I'm passionate about. Uh, my family does have the Grog Nation Youth Foundation, so we, we do donate a lot of money to, to children's foundations as well ourselves. It's just something we've always been passionate about. So, uh, man, it's it's a nonstop grind. Uh, and we'll just continue to, to just keep keep uh, you know keep the course and continue to keep innovating and coming out with with new and better products. Well, I, I tell you, I whatever this show can do for you, and Ice Shaker and and the the Gronk Nation Foundation, obviously you can count on it. Uh, as I mentioned earlier in the show, this this show now because of the Listen Live feature, Chris, it, even though it's a Dallas based signal, um, it, it's reaching people all over the world. I'm building a, a tremendous audience listening in the UK, the Philippines. I even have emails that came in two weeks ago from Taiwan, uh, Canada as well. So it's it really is resonating with with people around the world because the message is, is about thriving and, and clearly what you're doing right now is an example of thriving. So I hope that this show can lend to your growth and exposure and expansion of the company. Um, and by the way, there's many ideas that I'll, I'll share with you that you and I can, you and I can work on that, that'll help not only grow the organization, but I think in terms of helping uh, raise funds for charities with veterans and I'm very close connected with veterans and, and a bunch of organizations as well. So we, we'll need to talk more about that. But in our last minute here, in our last minute here, Chris, what advice would you give the listener who wants to do something different, but they don't know the what's, they don't know the how, they don't know where to begin, they don't even, they're not even sure they believe in themselves, and here they are taking a massive leap of faith. What advice would you give that person in, in 30 seconds? I, I don't mean to make it short, but we're running out of, out of time here in this segment. But in that 30 seconds, what advice would you give that listener? Yeah, man, I, I would say do exactly what I did. Follow your passion. You know, it doesn't matter who you are. You have value to bring to people. It's usually in what you're passionate about. So, you know, find your passion. Find what makes you happy. Find what you get absolutely so excited about that you want to share with the world and, and do it. And you might not, you might think there's no way to make money in it, but I've seen some of the craziest ideas work because the people behind it are just so passionate about it. And you're going to find others that are as well. So if you love something that's guaranteed other people as well, and you could find a way to make it work. So please follow your passion and um, go all in. You, you'll, you'll love it at the end of the day. You'll love what you do, and you'll be fulfilled in life. 
Awesome message, brother. Chris, we really appreciate you being on the show today. This one is going to be a classic. I know that for a fact. Look forward to having you in the future again, giving us more updates and, and testimonials as how Shaker is, is really uh, changing the world and the lives of people in many, many ways. And I'm excited to hear that story when it comes down the pike. But I appreciate being on the show, brother. Look forward to hearing from you and speaking with you soon. I really appreciate it, Jay. Thanks so much for having me. All right, my man. Guys, we'll be right back after the break. Running and marketing your company during a pandemic requires creative solutions. That's why the Ritchie Company can help you in a variety of ways from signage to show your customers you're open and following all social distancing and safety guidelines to branded items like masks, hand sanitizers, bags, and even packaging. Go check them out at therichiecompany.com. That's R-I-C-H-E-Y company.com. Having a hard time finding commercial funding? Is this challenge stalling your business goals and dreams? Well, at JRF Financial, they specialize in getting your commercial funding challenges resolved because they work with the largest SBA lender in the country. They work with over 33 different types of alternative lending and can fund anything from equipment to real estate. Don't let funding challenges stop you. Call Justin Fry at 678-506-7567 or visit them at jrffinancial.org. Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. We are now featuring on our business spotlight uh, Dr. Alfred Johnson, who actually, guys, by popular demand, as I said earlier, he's been on our show now twice prior to today, and for good reason, he's back. The man is just a wealth of information, a wealth of knowledge uh, as it pertains to not only physical well-being, but also the, the knowledge of how our bodies can operate better. He runs a fantastic facility in Richardson, Texas called Johnson Medical Associates for 20 years. It's a premier facility. I would encourage anyone who's in this region to certainly check out his facility. But his facility, they treat for many conditions, uh, not limited to, but allergies and ADHD and asthma and uh, chemical exposure, chronic fatigue, chronic illness, depression and Lyme disease and toxic mold exposure and Sports injuries. I mean, it's it is a facility that can take care of many of your conditions uh, in only a way that a forty year medical veteran can, and that's why Dr. Johnson is back on with us today to specifically speak about something that has been a buzz for the last a few years, and certainly on our last show when he mentioned it, I received a number of text messages right afterwards. So I said we need to have him back to talk about the service that he provides called hyperbaric oxygen therapy. So, Dr. Johnson, welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's my privilege. Doctor, could you begin, first of all, by informing and educating our listeners, what exactly is hyperbaric oxygen therapy? Definitely. Hyperbaric oxygen therapy, breathing 100% oxygen in a closed, under times more oxygen in your body. Uh, that process then creates healing, new vessels, helps heal damaged tissues, and helps detoxify the liver, increases your metabolism so your body can function more efficiently, and if there's been an injury, potentiate healing. So this is this amazing type of therapy, I know it's, it's used for many neurological, orthopedic, and even in med, uh, emergency medical conditions, um, but why is that? What exactly does it improve that 
that a person who's going through a therapy like this can expect to have? What type of improvements could they expect to have if they go through a uh, hyperbaric oxygen therapy treatment? Yes. Well, you, you get all kinds of improvements. Uh, you get better brain function, you get better tissue function, you get more energy, uh, you get healing of damaged areas. And what happens normally is your hemoglobin, uh, which is the red blood cell part of your blood vessel, carries oxygen. And that's the only part that carries oxygen to the tissues. So if you have a restriction of blood vessels like in diabetes or any other vascular disease, then those red blood cells vessels are not transported to that area as well. Same with inflammation or infection. Hindered transportation is present. With the hyperbaric, when you're breathing that oxygen under pressure, then the whole blood vessel is saturated with oxygen carrying that excess oxygen to those tissues, creating healing, decreasing inflammation, uh, and actually increasing vessel formation, which is called angiogenesis mm. in non like non-healing wounds. Mm -hmm. Traditionally, hyperbaric oxygen has been used to treat the bends, which is a disease from nitrogen bubbles from scuba diving. When you come up too fast, nitrogen ex that you, your body has retained uh, expands and then cause, can cause joint pains, uh, even strokes. And so those people end up doing hyperbaric. Also, the hospitals use it for wound care mainly, but it can be used for acute carbon monoxide poisoning, acute asphyxiation, acute drowning, where they're trying to get oxygen to the tissues as quickly as possible, mainly the brain to preserve the brain. In off-label use, which what I do mainly here, we use it for the same purposes, but more for chronic problems such as traumatic brain injury, concussions. It's been used for years for autism, uh, cerebral palsy to help heal tissues that have been damaged uh, in the brain. Strokes, with a stroke, uh, there's a central area of damage and cells may die in that central area, but around that there's cells that are idle. And that's why stroke patients improve is that those cells tend to heal. Hyperbaric helps speed up that healing process. So the oxygen gets to those tissues, glucose gets there, and those are the two elements that really create healing in the brain. So we see that stroke patients improve much more rapidly uh, with uh, hyperbaric. Now, I know that uh, as I was studying uh, the, the therapy itself, because I had heard of it not too long ago, because I, I as, as many of my listeners know, doctor, I am very much in tune with being physically, uh, physically fit. Uh, I believe completely and wholeheartedly in a person's um, pursuit of wellness and well-being and, 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 and learning just really what they need to do in order for them to have a highly operating, optimized uh, body with all of its uh, fu executive functions working in order. And that's how you can achieve peak performance, at least from a, from, from a feeling good point of view, a physically feeling good point of view. So I did a lot of work on this, a lot of research on it myself. But I know that the way that you can experience this, this, this increased oxygen is through what's called a hyperbaric chamber. Because I know a lot of people are wondering, well, how does, this, how does it work? How do you get this, this 100% of oxygen to breathe? How, does, how do you get that in your body? It's through a chamber. Could you explain to the listener as best you can what the hyperbaric chamber is? Because I've been to your facility and I've seen it and it's pretty impressive. Yes, it is a specially constructed uh, enclosed chamber that person lies down, slides into. It's open. It has clear uh, plexiglass around it. You can watch TV. 
And when the chamber is pressurized, it's pressurized with 100% oxygen. Mm. Uh, you do that slowly. So it just feels like you're descending in an airplane. Uh, you do have to clear your ears. And it's done, as I said, slowly. So that's generally not a problem uh, with that. Now, they make hard-sided chambers, which is what I use in my office for medical purposes. And then you'll see soft-sided chambers advertised with some sports figures use. Uh, some people have it at home for just health maintenance where the pressure is much, much less. Uh, they use a, a oxygen concentrator instead of 100% liquid oxygen that is pure. So you just don't get the medical effects from it. You may get some health benefits from it. But if you truly have a problem you're wanting to treat, we start with the hard-sided hyperbaric chamber, which are monitored by medical personnel, making sure uh, appropriate treatment, uh, appropriate pressures, and time is uh, maintained for that individual and for the individual individual disease that is being treated or medical problem. Doctor, cancer. I, I want to throw this question your way because I know that uh, cancer is a very real problem, obviously, right? And and I currently I, I know a number of people that are going through chemotherapy, and it's very, very difficult. Uh, can a, a hyperbaric treatment help with tissue damage from radiation? Yes, and that's uh, commonly used. In fact, it, there's set protocols for like brain radiation and using hyperbaric oxygen to help protect the tissues in between radiation of the brain. The same way with radiated tissues from prostate radiation or from post-mastectomy radiation where the skin gets really thick, orange peel-like, the hyperbaric uh, oxygen helps create new vessels into those areas. Everything softens up, and uh, then there's much better function, uh, less pain. Also, radiation can uh, destroy bone in the jaw. Uh, mm -hmm. So you have radiation of your neck from uh, cancer. The jaw tends to deteriorate from that radiation. Hyperbaric uh, is used frequently in helping that bone heal back from that radiation injury. So I'm glad you brought that up because that is a, a major mm -hmm. uh, problem that people have, uh, and there is a solution to help with that from the, either the breast radiation, the prostate radiation, the jaw radiation, or the brain radiation or any part that gets radiated. Hyperbaric helps the tissues, the healthy tissues around it to recover, and it does not potentiate the cancer, and that's a question that's asked numerous or frequently. That was actually my next question. <laughs> so I'm glad you, yes. you, uh, you addressed that. How many times a week, doctor, would you say that it's safe for someone who is considering this therapy for a number of reasons? And I'm sure you'll have a lot of people that will reach out as a result of, of the show because it, it obviously it's something that can help an individual with number of conditions. And now that we're talking about cancer, I'm sure that's going to increase the call rate um, as well as should. But how many times a week can a person safely go in for a therapy session using the uh, the chamber? Oh, you can do it daily. In fact, some protocols we uh, do an hour twice a day, wow. and that's a uh, traumatic brain injury type protocol. Mm -hmm. Other times, depending on what it is, it may be less frequent. But we use the dive table just like you do scuba diving. If you go down to Cayman Islands and you scuba dive, you can scuba dive daily as long as you follow the dive tables, allow your body to recover in between. So 
If we do two one-hour treatments a day, then we leave a two-hour break in between, which allows the body to normalize. Now, with non-scuba diving injuries, we are not dealing with nitrogen as a problem. We're dealing with other with lack of circulation as a problem, not the nitrogen bubble. Uh, so we have a lot less side effects uh, from uh, doing medical hyperbaric. Uh, mainly the problem is is clearing your ears uh, with it. So th- that's the big thing we look at. And then if they can't clear their ears, it's really simple to insert uh, ear tubes uh, to help you equalize that pressure. And that's an outpatient procedure. So last two questions here. We've got about a minute left. And these are pretty big questions um, to, to an extent. What age is too young for someone to take advantage of this therapy? Is there an age that's too young? No, there is not. Okay. Uh, I see I see infants that are having repeated seizures wow. or that have had birth injuries. They're treated differently a little bit in less pressure, uh, different time intervals. But no, neither too young or too old. I have a 99-year-old that uh, had uh, joint sepsis from a, a knee situation, and we treated her. Okay, that's very, very good to know. Uh, last question, doctor. Is this type of treatment, I know a lot of folks are thinking about this right now, um, is this type of treatment covered by insurance, their insurance plan, It's for, in, in your experience? Yeah, insurance plans will pay for 14 indications, which are uh, FDA-approved indications. It's like wound wound injury or wound healing, non-wound healing, uh, osteomyelitis, all those 14. You can look those up. The other ones are off-label use. They typically will not pay for that. Sometimes there's extenuating circumstances where a letter can be written to help with that. One thing I do want to mention is uh, I am donating uh, to 20 individuals uh, five hours of hyperbaric for those people who are concussed, those students. It's, this is mainly for students who have concussions that aren't resolving, and they just have mm-hmm. to call my office, and we can sign them up. That's wonderful. So, Doctor, I'm just going to let everyone know that I have been to your facility. I can completely vouch for not only the staff, uh, the quality of care, the state-of-the-art uh, medical clinic that you operate there. It, it really is something that's a, a gem uh, and it's been a staple in Richardson for quite a while. What's the number people can contact the facility at in order to get more information on this? Yeah, 972-479-0400. Doctor, we appreciate you being on the show. My gut feeling is, my instincts are telling me, we're going to probably have you back. You're probably going to be our resident physician on the show. <laughs> well, thank you. It's my pleasure to participate. Well, thank you for bringing value. This is now the third time and you've just continued to ratchet up the value of information. So, and I, and I know our listening audience does appreciate it. So thanks again for being on the show. You're welcome. My privilege. Well, that's a wrap, my friends. Thank you for listening to the Jay Mamie Talk Show for another hour of Thrive Time. I know that this week will be an awesome week for you. And I look forward to having you back on our show next Sunday for another hour of Thrive Time. The preceding program was furnished by Survive to Thrive Enterprises and is responsible for its content. Real news and information, 570 KLIF AM, Dallas. KSCS FM, HD2, Fort Worth. Underway. Biden says it's no surprise the president would nominate Amy Coney Barrett since she's publicly criticized judicial decisions.